What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, letting people know about us, donating when you can. Much love to Hawaii. I appreciate it. I also love reading your comments on social media, Twitter, the Facebook fan page. My Facebook fan page the past couple of weeks has been a not letting me like people who leave comments. I can't like their comments. So I see it. I appreciate it. I'm not able to like it. I think they just did another update in the past couple of nights. So hopefully I'll be able to do that when I post this podcast. And this podcast is going to be about celebration day four, the revolution and everything else that is encompassed in it. And what we'd like to see in 2020, will there be a celebration in 2020? I think there will, but will it be on April 21st? We'll dive into that. So we were at Paisley Park for the last day, and it seems like everyone is tuckered out. All these events all around Minneapolis to where they feel if they don't go, they're going to be missing out on something played into an effect on people. People, the first day of celebration, the second day, were like, yay. By the third or fourth, they were like, oh, (laughs) we can't have that. And I'll discuss what I think can be done about that. But if they're not open to the idea of it, uh, we'll have to put our heads together for a different idea. So J.D. Steele is there for the last day, who's been our gracious guest host for the celebration. Appreciated him, and he can sing a lot better than I can. There's a reason why I'm doing a podcast on a microphone instead of singing into a microphone. You know what I'm saying? So what they played was um, 21 Nights in London, August 14th, 2007. It's cool to see the London shows. Um, Set list was somewhat similar to Musicology. They played the day before. A little bit of a different band. But uh, the audience seemed to be a little bit more into it. I don't know if it's just the last day and they were uh, feeling their energy going on a little bit more, just knowing they only had to get through this and that's it. It's over and they want to just relish the experience of being inside Paisley Park. I don't know but it just seemed like the energy was more so for this one than the previous day um and i enjoyed it i did know a couple of things that were going on during uh, that time that made it probably a little bit harder for me to enjoy um and we uh, went into the tent afterwards for lunch. It was my last time to kind of see people and talk with them and try to set some stuff up. Big shout out to Chris Johnson, who I always call Mr. Johnson. Always good seeing you, seeing you there, my man. Hope you're doing well. Um, <clears throat> now, when it comes to certain things, uh, we were led um, back into a panel. And the panel was for the revolution. 
um, which was ran by Dwayne Tudal, who wrote the Purple Rain Sessions book. And, you know, the revolution, they were first asked kind of like a question that's kind of kind of been asked this year and in, in previous years, like, did he talk of Paisley Park? Did he talk of something like this existing? And they said yes, and they shared different stories along with other things that were going on. Um, <clears throat> I look at it kind of that I thought was interesting, not only um, I'm jumping a little bit, but it's one of my favorite parts. And they were talking about it in all my dreams and how, you know, because of uh, Kid Creole and the Coconuts, which he gave the sex of it to, and probably because he took this idea of like singing with a megaphone into the megaphone to get that whole effect. I'll see you tonight. And especially, you know, trying to do that voice from back in the day um, in the old school movies. And I really dug that story. And Prince had a large affinity for megaphones. I remember, um, I believe he was playing Hot Farm and like people, I guess, that lived in the area that were complaining about the volume of stuff. And so the next day Prince came out with the megaphone and just told them like, it's going to be loud and it's going to be funky. Just come out your houses and enjoy it. And uh, I, there was a video of that that I posted because I, as I've said before, and you guys know, I was kind of a, able to get away with stuff that no one else could. So posting a video clip of just Prince saying that and coming out, he was cool with it and he really dug the megaphone. And then I used a photo of it uh, before as well. And then when we were doing more stuff in 2012 and 2013, he's all like, do you have a bigger shot of me with the megaphone? Can you find a better shot of it? Because we only had like this small little photo. There was no like official real press photo that we can find. But he always wanted that for like announcements that we were doing something with the megaphone. I thought that was very interesting. Now, when they're talking about with the revolution and stuff, <laughs> I loved it because I heard this from so many people when, when they'd ask Prince for a day off, you know, uh, sure, you can have a day off. And then he'd be kind of calling you on your day off to see what you're doing, to see what was more important than being with him, whether it was playing with him, whether it was working for him. He wanted to know what you were up to at that point, you know. Are you sleeping? Because you're missing something if you're sleeping. <laughs> you know, or are you having to see family? What, what's the point? Why can't you be here? And I felt that was very funny because I've heard that before from so many people. Um, and just stories about him like at three in the morning wanting to hang out. Like, I'm cutting something. You're missing out. You're missing out. Click. <laughs> you know, and that's just pretty, pretty cool. But with all that, um, the all my dream story, it just made it worth it for me to hear that because I love hearing stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, and he just let it be known of them together. Another thing they asked was like, did they consider like, um, you know, 1999 being a revolution album? And they don't, Wendy at least spoke that she considered side of the times a revolution album though so consider that they did four albums it's kind of like prince ain't it just like with uh dr fink and others where they're credited on stuff that they didn't do and then not credited on stuff that they did 
So here it was, 1999, setting stuff up for and the Revolution, but they technically, according to Wendy, weren't really on it as a group, but they got credit on it. And then for Sign of the Times, when they disbanded in late 1986, uh, they weren't credited on that one. Although there is, you know, you do see when you go look at the credits after the lyrics of the songs that there is credit from certain members, certain members of the Revolution and Susanna up in the mix which I thought was interesting as well. So after the revolution talked with their panel that was in the soundstage area, we moved to the MPG room where we are treated by a panel of the funk soldiers. Um, on this day, I believe um, there was no, not I believe, another day they had Adrian Crutchfield and others, he wasn't in this one. El Sylvester, that was part of the horn section. Renato Neto, Chance Howard, and Kirk Johnson. And Kirk immediately dived into about the big screen and how uh, people, you know, are wanting a different show and they can't do one. This is it. Um, they know they've done it two years in a row. They don't know about three. People were cheering for three. Um, although people I talked to, that's not what they were wanting, but Kirk was thinking about getting this on the road and touring it on the road. So hopefully that is what will happen. Kind of like the For You Orchestra that is touring. I enjoyed, um, some of the stories that they shared as well on this one. <laughs> um, Andres Swenson was moderating this one, just like the Jesse Johnson one in I'm a big fan of her work, um, you know, and just talking about celebration and, and things that they've done. Now, um, they don't really talk about this, but like showing the screenings that they show at Paisley, that's something that Prince wanted, something he told me when I'm like, they want DVD releases of your shows. He's like, have them come to Paisley Park and Kirk will play it for him. And, uh, at that time, that wasn't happening we're closer to that happening. Um, Chance was very excited to be there, not only because he didn't need to miss it this year because of gallbladder surgery, but walking down the hall, he didn't know that Call My Name won a Grammy. So he was on a Grammy award-winning song, and he was mighty proud of that. That's cool. Um, another thing they talked about was what did you take away working with Prince? And another another chance story just about like, you know, how he was going to add some extra stuff to it when he was rehearsing for Prince for the first time. And he was like, a little, uh, little bit of uh, right there. And then after it was over, Prince was all like, um, how would you like it if I smacked your kid upside his head? And Chance was like, how would I like it before, after... I went to jail and put you in the hospital for doing that. He's like, no, seriously, like, how would you feel? You know? And he's like, you really didn't understand what he's saying. Of it. And he's all like, because when you are doing that little extra stuff, you're hitting my kids upside the head. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a certain way that needs to be played and needs to be done. And Chance took that as just respecting the song like you would respect children. So he got it. And he wasn't exactly doing that anymore afterwards. And 
I really, really like that. And I could listen to Chance for a while. Let me just tell you that. And we need to get him on the show. Eh? So, another thing I thought was interesting, because my friend brings up to me all the time, like, he thinks Renato Neto is great, but he does constant noodling. Every time, like, listening to a recording, there's noodling going on. And then Renato would talk about how Prince would tell him to play something like Renato Neto. And then he'd walk off stage and he'd be gone for five or ten minutes and he'd have to keep playing. So there was a method to it. It's not like, you know, Renato was like, oh, I know they want to listen to me for ten minutes instead of Prince. No, he walked off the stage and that's what you got. I do remember at uh, some shows at the Roosevelt Hotel in L.A. Like, Renato would go into the dance and then Prince would just chill on the staircase above uh, where the band was set up and just watch Renato play or listen to him play. And then I was like, wow, the version of the dance is getting longer and longer. Is there like an extended? No, it just was, you know, Renato having to improvise because Prince wasn't coming back to the stage and just was enjoying his playing. And um, I thought that was great. And then talking about fines, like not not when it's like, give me two, you know, again, the drums, give me three, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes you'd be a mess up and it'd be like, you know, five fingers up. That means you're getting docked $500 pay. So that was just interesting. And then Kirk brought on how he became a drummer for Prince because he fired everyone. He fired the MPG trio, basically the gold experience band. Fired. F-I-R-E-D. Fired. And, uh, you know, we want to ask him if he want to be the drummer. And he was like, no, man, I'll pass. Then he just kind of like thought about it, slept on it. And he decided that, yeah, he'll, he'll be the drummer. And then he also became the best man at his wedding and all these other songs. So it was just... I enjoyed it. And another thing they talked about was TV performances and how they brought it out and how Prince would just bring it in, how amazing ones they did. And of course, they talked about the Super Bowl, which is interesting because I ran across an interview that Prince did before the Welcome to America tour in New York. And he was complaining that you guys couldn't hear the guitar sound on the Super Bowl performance. So the, the pinnacle the pedestal that all Super Bowl performances are held to right now. Even he felt it could have been better or you could have heard it better. That's just Prince for you. And Renato talked about how he <clears throat> enjoyed uh, performing on the Jay Leno show <laughs> and the, the performances that they would do on that. He had a really good time with Jay Leno. I love the way they said Jay's name. I think like I would love to get Jay on the show and I just want to have like Renato like introduce him. I think that'd be so cool. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And we went back to the main soundstage area. We saw Vicky Rivkin and Bobby Z a little bit before uh, the Funk Soldiers were going to talk at the panel and talk to them for a little bit and hung out with Vicky during the show. When the revolution first started, she wasn't happy about the sound, and then she ran to the soundboard, and then everything was working out great. Scotty Baldwin, their usual guy, uh, been working 
back and forth in Japan. I don't know how the heck he's doing it, but uh, he wasn't there at Paisley, unfortunately, and he was missed. But um, got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of work to do. So we understand it. Now, the revolution, they were on it. Like like I said, there was a little bit of sound issues. Like Bobby Bobby was like, oh, the, the kick drum ain't starting. <laughs> and uh, so they were just standing there with the lights out for a little bit. And then it goes on. You have the revolution name in the back and everything is gravy. Um, kicked it off with America. Some computer blue. Got that mountains kicking. Erotic city. Man, what am I going to have to do to hear all day, all night? Like, am I going to have to have them do another like private party like they did in LA to where it was played and I just wasn't there that night? Because, dang it. I want to hear that. Um... And of course, they did Sometimes It Snows in April, which gets to me. I mean, they did do other songs. Like I said, Mountains, Erotic City, Let's Work. They brought out Stokely, Let's Go Crazy, When Doves Cry. There was some Raspberry Beret up in there, 1999. But Sometimes It Snows in April. Yeah. They did Purple Rain. Omar came out, showed some love to Wendy. I like how Prince did um and then they followed up those two sad songs thus crying with the tissues just being held out they followed up like in the movie with baby i'm a star and i would die for you and wendy just you know thanked us for being there and kind of reiterated some stuff that she said at the panel that you know he's no longer here but now we have each other and uh there's a lot of truth to those words um, I think when he was here, we were kind of all part of a secret club. And we appreciated him. We had mad love for him. And look, um, I always wanted him to get more love than what he was getting. Always. I always felt that he wasn't, wasn't as appreciated as he should be. And now that he's not here, we do kind of have each other. There's a little bit more of us. And regardless if we have been here since 1983, <clears throat> or some of us who were around for a bit, went away, came back, for some of us that maybe didn't realize how talented he was or knew it or just didn't have the time, life was getting in the way. And we weren't able to appreciate him until after 421-2016. What we need to do is, especially the people that have been around for a while, got to get that mentality out of... Um, well, you haven't been here before. You're too young to know what's going on. While some of them may have been to more shows than you and you don't know it. And as well as to the ones who may not have seen Prince, but enjoy him. Like, I'm kind of envious of them in a little bit because they get to hear stuff for the first time that we don't anymore. It's, it's not new to us anymore. They get to experience it with fresh ears. 
And we're lucky. We got to see him live. We got to see all these other things. But we have to understand um, time isn't exactly with us. It can be a trick. But we have to understand that for future generations and whatnot, they are the future. Let's help them get the facts right. But let's not shut them down because you think that they're too young. We're all in this together now. We only have each other, just exactly like what Wendy said. And that's important. And we need to do that because a purple rain shirt at Hot Topic ain't going to cut it. Sharing experiences and other things is what will do it. And being open-minded to everyone because it's about him, right? It's about his legacy. It isn't about what we have experienced. We can share it, but let's not shut them out, you know? Let's not pigeonhole them in. After the show, I went backstage and uh, I've known Bobby for a while. He's been on my show probably the first time in 2013. Um, we hit up each other from time to time, probably not as much as I would like to, probably not as much as he would like to, but whenever we get together, it's no time has passed. We just catch up and talk about things. So um, this really was my first meeting in the sense of being introduced to Wendy and Lisa and Brownwood as Dr. Funkenberry. And, uh, you know, they just got off stage, a little bit bewildered. Bobby was like, <laughs> kind of just needing some air to get out there. Uh, maybe it wasn't like the best time to do it, but whatever. Talk with Brown Mark for a minute. You know, they has got a lot of stuff going on with Maserati coming up. And then with uh, Lisa and Wendy, uh, it was just like, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, you know. I'm this person, my name is Jeremiah. And then kind of like from both Wendy and Lisa was like, you're him, it's you, you're him, you're him. And then just tugging each other, talking. And just cause they've heard of me and I'm grateful for that. Uh, and of course I've heard of them and follow them for a very, very long time through peaks and valleys. Um, and it was just really cool, you know, like, you got to remember, I kept my identity hidden from Prince for over a decade when he was trying to do little secret things to find out who I was. So I would be front row at Wendy and Lisa shows when uh, they'd be playing the Lavalie. I would be at other events that they did. Um, I just never really introduced myself. It was just being there and reporting on them and letting it get out, you know, from the Lavalie shows to the original Largo, uh, you know, just, it was nice, you know, that, that experience and just kind of being able to introduce yourself for years of, being a fan of theirs and them knowing who I am, you know, I, you know, kind of like when you talk about yourself, like it, it just sounds so arrogant. So I'm trying not to do that, but I'm just, you know, it's really cool. And, 
Wendy doesn't live too far from me, wants to meet up, grab some lunch, whatnot. And we definitely need to do that. I've just been extremely busy since I got back and wanted to knock out these podcasts for you guys when I had the opportunity. So I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed meeting the revolution. I enjoyed the celebration. Now, these events are going on outside the celebration, all these other things. It is just ridiculous. And it's so much going on that people were kind of missing the celebration because they were afraid that they would miss out more if they went and didn't go to these events. We need to find out a way to counteract that. Now, I have a way, but it may not be the best way of making money for Paisley. <clears throat> now, I'm not sure if they're going to do it in April next year. I haven't heard a confirmation that they are or they are not. This is just me speaking because the first year they did the celebration, they announced when the second one would be. Now, they did the second one. They had a problem because April 21st was falling on Easter Sunday this year. But they're still letting it be known that they were thinking about it maybe a little bit later in April. Do you want on that date? And of course, I was bringing up June. And, you know, I think it went in, it went in one ear and out the other. That's just how it is. I know that in the future, when the family has more involvement, they'll want the celebration in June. But will that happen by next year? We will see. Now, another thing aside from June that would bring good weather is that probably wouldn't sell as many tickets if they did this. But if they were to find a way to eliminate the tracks, eliminate the VIP. Um, VIP, you had your seats for you. You had Sometimes you had a water bottle on it. You had the food pass. Uh, you got the photo inside uh, the studio with the symbol. There wasn't as many perks this year, people were telling me. So I don't know if we can eliminate the tracks and if by doing that trying to have the how the celebration was back in the day if you'd be limiting the people which is what i think may be happening but if they get events during the day to where you're showing uh, a screening of a prince concert and you're having the panels maybe they're a little bit longer then say in a music club room in another area you're having a musician workshop which is what prince had back in the day the celebrations could have Ida there, could have Donna there, uh, both of them taking questions like what they did at Fetus, but this time taking questions, kind of playing their instruments, and then afterwards signing autographs or other stuff, have a little interaction with them and have that be at Paisley instead of outside of Paisley's doors. And then at night, you know, you guys shut down for a couple hours, and at night that's when you have the concerts. And you remove the seats because this is what they did during the celebrations. Move the seats so you can fit more people in there. And um, you have the concert. And you have a DJ spinning until they take the stage. Then afterwards, you take the stage. Uh, the DJ sets up again or just right by the soundboard. And then he spins and you have a dance till dawn party. And especially if you're having it in June, dawn comes a little bit earlier. Just saying. 
those are just my thoughts is to have events during the day and events at night and not have it be separate tracks, have it be how it was before, but they might be losing out on money by doing that. Um, but I just, some of it just seems like a cash grab. Some have good intentions. Some are just, you know, doing shows that they're doing, but the fans feel pressure and they know what's going to be happening. There's going to be concerts going on with the celebration. They kind of know that there'll be some performances. They don't know who's going to be exactly on the panels. There's a list, but they don't know what it entails. So then they have an, they have like FOMA, their fear of missing out outside of Paisley. FOMA PP. So um, those are certain things that I would do that may not be money makers, but I was afraid I was hearing some from some people that they may not come next year or whatnot because of certain things, or they may just come and just go to everything outside of Paisley. So you gotta kind of got to nip that in the bud and figure out certain things that we can do that would take care of that problem or else in the future, if you don't do it and you already know that this is a problem, there could be a big act that comes then they do something and it really messes up the celebration. Those are just my thoughts on it. Doesn't mean that's happening. I do have a feeling that the celebration in 2020 will be a little bit different. Will it be the date? Will it be certain things that happen to make it more like the old school celebrations? We'll wait and see. I know how I feel about it and I don't want to put anything else into it because there are certain people that really want to be there on 421. And I think, yeah, maybe they should open up for that one night at 421 and, you know, kind of have a candlelight vigil or some other stuff or difference differences. But they're running the show. They haven't asked for my input. I'm just giving it. So that doesn't mean what I'm saying is gospel. It's just how I feel. And you have to think of certain things. And sometimes it's not about making money. It's so for future celebrations, you don't have this problem where you're having these events going on while people are in certain tracks and they're having FOMA PP. <laughs> you know, we want them to be doing that. The FOMA PP, fear of missing out at Paisley Park instead of fear of missing out at the Electric Fetus, at other places, at the Dakota you know, just got to get up in it. And that's my thoughts on it. Upcoming shows. Um, I attended the Prince for You Symphony. So we're going to be doing that. Talking about some Sign of the Times drama. I'll color you peach and black with that. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. I've seen your comments on social media have talked to you in person at the For You Symphony that you're glad that I'm back. I thank you. I appreciate it. I was worried that I was gone too long and I'm sorry for being cryptic and everything, but I have to be that in a certain way. I didn't get no C and D letters, so I guess I handled it the right way. Um, I have mad love for you guys. I appreciate you asking about my health and other things. Just know that I'm trying. Uh, it just, things just ain't slowing down, but I'm doing my best. And uh, I got to take it day by day. There'll be good days and there'll be bad days, just like y'all. And we're in this together, right? That's what it's all about. If uh, 
you know someone that isn't listening to the show, let them know about it. Tell them to subscribe. And um, I'm very, very grateful for you all. Thank you so much. Keep listening on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere else. I'll post some YouTube links at times when I get more comfortable with myself. We'll do video more often and do some Facebook lives. But until that happens, uh, keep it funky. Till next time. Much love.